Hi, this is Jay Keith. Before we get started with the show, I want to let you know that we made a mistake. There is a question and answer in this episode that is wrong, and we will issue the correction at the very end of the episode. So listen up, see if you can figure out what it was, and we'll tell you at the very end of the show. Hi, Helen Hong. Hi, Jay Keith Ben Stratton. We've got a very exciting episode of Go Fact Yourself just around the corner with two hosts from the Max Fun Network. Why, why do you think we wanted to do a Max Fun host during this time? I think we wanted to do a Max Fun Max up because we are in the middle of the Max Fun Drive. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the Max Fun Drive, of course, is that time of year where we ask you, our listener, to show your love and support for our show and every show on the Max Fun Network by becoming a member of Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org slash join. Yes, this is the way that our show and every show on the Maximum Fun Network makes its money and is able to produce the shows that you love. Max Fun Drive is a demonstration of what we can do when we all come together and that's worth celebrating right now even though times are kind of weird so we want to take this opportunity to come together as a community of tens of thousands of people who rely on each other to make some magical stuff happen in the world and some of the magic is what you get by giving from five dollars a month on up five dollars a month you get this incredible great bonus content which includes uh bonus content from our show as well as every show in the max fun network helen what happens at ten dollars a month do you at know ten dollars a month you get a max fun membership card, a cool pin, and you also get the bonus content. That's right. We have a really cool pin I'm very excited about. I just ordered one for myself. By the way, I am a MaxFun member. I just boosted and upgraded my membership this year. Not about me right now, though. It's about you. Hey, what <laughs> happens at $20 a month, Helen? If you join at $20 a month or more, you get this year's special gift, a MaxFun game pack featuring a custom dice set and custom deck of playing cards, all with MaxFun designs. And you can get all this by visiting Max MaximumFun.org slash join to become a member. All right, let's get to this episode. We've got two incredible guests from the MaxFun universe, Joe Firestone and Dan McCoy. And I believe the show is starting right now. now. <laughs> Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, socially distancing from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Very nice to see you again. Did uh, you get a haircut? I did. I got my, uh, I believe this is my fourth uh, pandemic quarantine haircut. Uh, Who has from been my, cutting your hair during the pandemic? My girlfriend has been cutting my hair. Wow, she's been doing a great job. Is she a hair, does she have experience with hair? She does not have experience as a hairstylist. She is just creative and patient. <laughs> that, wow, it looks pretty seems, snazzy. I gotta thank you say, so much. I wish that our listeners could share in the snazziness of your current hair, but it's decidedly shorter and differently yes. styled than the last time I saw you, which is why I was curious because I have resorted to cutting my own hair. Oh, interesting. Are, are you using a Flobie? Uh, I'm using. I'm not using a Flobie. I wish I had a Flobie. Uh, I, I I found a YouTube tutorial. And I've been using uh, two blunt scissors. I'm not going to lie. They're too blunt. Oh, gosh. But yeah, there are scissors that are, you know, there's there's something called like 
um, hair cutting shears, which right. are very, very sharp, and I do not own them. Ah. So I've been using kind of random craft scissors that <laughs> I have. <laughs> you is, know, is, that, is that why they're is that why yeah. they're sort of corrugated and have the yep. little round yep. shapes yep. on them and too? Like, and like the, the the ends are rounded, you know, for yeah. safety. Yes. Um, as if I was in third grade, and uh, yeah, and and apparently you do need some hair cutting shears to to make a successful haircut. Uh, but I mean, who cares? Nobody's yeah. seeing me. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Nobody can tell that my hair is whack. You know what? You I have... cut it myself. Helen, you have a podcast quality haircut. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but yes, no, no. that is I actually accurate. Think it looks, I actually think it looks great. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who is up first. She is a writer and comedian who hosts the podcast Everyday Decisions and co-hosts the podcast Dr. Game Show right here on the Maximum Fun network it's joe firestone hello joe firestone hi wow thank you i love helen i love your announcer voice oh thank you very much uh, it gets me so excited i'm so well you know i needed to make up for the whack haircut with, with something <laughs> so honestly your hair looks great thank and you. i I gotta tell you, I really don't even know one piece of trivia, but I'm so excited <laughs> to play based based on the tone you've said. You know wow. what? Everyone claims that they know nothing, and then they always end up doing much better than they claimed to be able to do. So I have faith right. in you, Joe. Well, I'm going to take that with me. Excellent. I'm going to take that in. Yeah. Uh, Joe, let me ask you about Dr. Game Show. I was on a recent episode. Okay. You did a special uh, Max Fun Drive edition where you had a bunch of Max Fun hosts on. It was so it was yes. so much fun. And uh, I, for, for those who don't know, uh, unlike our show where we do pretty much the exact same game every week with different materials, you do different games. Where do those games come from? People. The people listening. Pu they listen in the games. They listen and they send in game suggestions. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, to an email. Uh-huh. And uh, what would you say are the ones that have surprised you that either worked really well or maybe didn't work maybe as well as the person uh, had intended? Uh, there was a game called Is It Raining? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it was, it's kind of like your classic Wink Martindale game show. Sure. Basically, people call in and based on the tone of their voice, you have to see whether you have to guess whether it's raining where they are <laughs> and which question does this answer was this one of the ones that worked really well or didn't work as well as was uh, originally intended? Oh, that, that was probably one of our more successful okay games. that was a winner that was a winner uh and mm -hmm. and you can't see where i am right now but based on the tone of my voice could could you play a little round of this right now do you think it's raining yeah right i now? know it's not raining where you are. and what do you base that on the tone of my voice or the fact yeah, that i'm in yeah. california in august <laughs> maybe the com combination maybe the combination great yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, let's talk about your other podcast called uh, Everyday Decisions. Uh, it focuses sort of on the minutia of people's daily lives. Why did you uh, want to do a show on that topic? What appeals to you about that? I think that's kind of how a lot of my regular conversations go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it started off as a live show. Mm -hmm. You remember those? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. And so then it, it became after that it was like a it was kind of fairly natural to do the live show because that's kind of how I talk to people sure. in general. And then, um, you know, these people, the cloud is begging for more podcasts, <laughs> you know, and so uh, basically, you know, any anything can be a podcast. And so, you know, these people come around, you know, big suits and they say, hey, you want to make this a podcast? Yeah. And I say, yes, sir. Wow. 
I, I, yeah. I, I've never seen anyone in podcasting wear a suit before, so I cannot relate to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's you got to talk to the people in the suits. Uh, now I know. Uh, you've had some yeah. great creative minds on the show, like Mike Berbiglia, Barry Sonnenfeld. What, what kind of things have you discovered by talking to the people about the sort of minutia of their daily lives? You kind of learn just like how they get through, especially like with the quarantine. It's been truly fascinating to learn how people get through it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like just it's very... I come away always thinking, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to be more like them mm-hmm. now. You know, like I just talked to somebody and she was like, you have to lotion your legs every day. <laughs> and that's something I haven't been doing. Yeah. You know, I got a, t- a tube of lotion sitting still getting dust. Yeah. So now I'm lathering up every <laughs> single day. My pants are pretty much slipping off me. I can't keep them on. Oh, gosh. Well, good, yeah. good thing we're recording from home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to ask you about, you are an author of a popular board game with a, an interesting uh, co-author. Tell us about your collaborator and the board game that you made. Uh, well, I made a, a game with my dad. It's called Punderdome, and it's also based on a live show. Remember those? Oh, gosh, yes. And, uh, and it's, it's a pun-making game. Now, in this case, you took a live show, and you didn't go to uh, one of those podcast suits. You went to one of those board game suits. Yeah, and they wear different suits. Oh, really? You know how, what I mean? How would you describe yeah. the difference in the board game suits versus the podcast suits? Okay, podcast suits, you always know them they're wearing gray suits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And game people, they're always mm-hmm. wearing beige suits. Ah. Oh. Well, we're delighted that you have joined us tonight. We're happy to have you on our game show, Miss Joe Firestone. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Helen, against whom will Joe be competing? He is an Emmy-winning writer for The Daily Show and the producer and co-host of the podcast The Flop House, right here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Dan McCoy. Hello, Dan Hello. McCoy. Happy to be here. Uh, Dan, mm-hmm. The Flop House is such a great show. Uh, it's actually, I think, how I may have been introduced to the Max Fun Network. I've been listening for a while and been a supporter of the Flophouse uh, through the Max Fun Drive. Uh, for those who don't know, you guys uh, watch a bad movie and then you talk about it. Uh, I was interested in learning, though, I saw an interview that you said that you you hope that listeners have not seen the movie that you're discussing. Uh, why is well, that? Well, because uh, of the mission statement of our show, uh, this, the movies are not good. Uh, I mean, we will uh-huh. tell them at the end of our, you know, sort of summit about the movie with one another about, mm-hmm. you know, like whether we think it's worth seeing anyway. Uh, that it's so bad that it's funny, or whether maybe it was mm-hmm. underrated, or but like why waste your? You're already wasting your time listening to a podcast about a bad movie. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> you mentioned that you give final judgments at the end of the show, saying whether the movie that you're reviewing is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. What would you say is the breakdown in those twelve plus years of uh, what percentage? The is what, what percentage? Oh, uh, they're almost always uh, bad bad. <laughs> oh no! The, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I we. <laughs> You know, it's been successful for us, but at the same time, sometimes I feel I made the wrong choice for my life. <laughs> it, uh, I, people are usually right when they say a movie is not very good. I We always walk in hoping that we're going to find stuff that we like in it. No one wants to not be entertained, whether it's funny because mm-hmm. it's bad or like... Uh, we think it was underrated. There must be movies that are so bad they're good. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a couple like that. that we, I mean, we watched something called uh, Food Fight, which was a knockoff of uh, Toy Story. Basically, they're like, oh, what if all your favorite corporate logos from food came to life during <laughs> the night? So it's like, I don't know, Charlie Tuna was a character and stuff like that. 
Wait, is that the one where they ran out of money or no, like somebody stole the hard drive or something? Someone stole all the animation halfway through production. <laughs> no. And so they had to redo no, it. No, important in an animated film, Dan? You're in the business. Uh, Wait, so what did they do? Was it suddenly in the middle of the movie they go to stick figures? They just had to redo <laughs> go- it. And I guess they didn't have, you know, like they only had such a, so big a budget. And so the animation to that movie looks horrific and weird and unpleasant. This makes me want to watch this movie. Yeah. I think it, like last I knew it was on Amazon Prime for free, so check it out, I guess. Dan, you were writing for The Daily Show for a while. You wrote in the Jon Stewart mm-hmm. era and in the uh, Trevor uh, Noah era as well. And now you're writing these quarantine uh, episodes for uh, for Trevor. How has that changed sort of what your process is or what your daily <laughs> workload is? The process is entirely different because it used to be yeah. that, you know, Trevor would outline kind of what he wanted to talk about in the show at the beginning uh, in a meeting that we were all gathered together, not socially distanced. And then the they would sort of hammer it out above my pay grade the exact details of a lot of stuff and send it down to a couple of the writers to write an a-, a whole act. Uh, and then they would, you know, rewrite it with our uh, input usually. And mm-hmm. uh, now it's more like they send a script to everyone and we are all plugging in jokes uh, where mm. they are needed. Um, and it is a shorter day because they have to tape earlier because um, Trevor, without an audience, cannot just like talk uh, forever and it not be awkward. They have to edit it in a way they never mm. did before. Um, so that moves up the whole production day. So it's a shorter day, but a more intense one because we're just pitching out a ton of jokes all day. And you mentioned pitching out a ton of jokes. What, what percentage of what you contribute uh, and you submit in a given day would actually make it to air? Like, what does a successful day of writing look like for Dan McCoy? You know, there are a lot of measures of success, Jake Heath. And <laughs> I really think that the longevity I've shown at this show yes. is its own <laughs> sort of success. The fact yeah, that I mean, two Emmys doesn't hurt the either. The fact that they haven't seen fit yet to fire me is uh, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> is that on your business card? They haven't seen fit to fire me I yet. Mean, even like even at normal times, uh, whether it mm-hmm. be Trevor or John, like by the time it gets to show, like you're lucky if a few of your jokes are in there. Like you're part of the bigger machine. And that's just something that you have to accept. But it's also good to know that, like, you can't sink the boat on your own. Mm. Everyone would have to do poorly for the boat to sink, which is which is nice. (laughs) Well, the boat seems to be floating and moving along nicely. Uh, You just got another Emmy nomination uh, just this last week. Congratulations! Congratulations. And it's I I I just I have um, a serious girlfriend uh, who's uh, living with me now, who we've been together for. We've known each other for three years, been together for two, and the first time I've gotten a, a nomination with Trevor, we can't go to the, like, thing, <laughs> and I feel so guilty. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, it's not it's not my fault, but I feel like I need to do something really nice to make up for the fact that Aww. there's no, like, fancy ball that she's going to. Are you still going to dress up? Uh, probably, and, uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, after one of your award wins, you actually were featured on TMZ. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> tell, us, tell us about that. Was, that must have been a surprise. Uh, if you look at that, the whole TMZ segment I'm on, my eyes are bugging out of my head and like my lips are pursed the whole time, but I have like a rictus <laughs> grin. 
I was I got like you know like ambushed at the airport about this and like I'm just like a writer you know like I I'm not important I don't know why anyone would be interested in this and this like very handsome Australian man is talking to me and it's hard to like not talk to a very handsome Australian man when he's like pointing a camera at you and so I'm saying all this stuff agreed yeah and then but then I'm like am I gonna get in trouble like am I saying something that the show is gonna be are they gonna be mad at me for being on TMZ but I can't walk away because there's a handsome Australian man talking to me. So, <laughs> and yeah. And did you get in trouble? No, I I mean, it's weird. Like there was also shots on TMZ of uh, Adam Lowett, who was one of the producers at the time, leaving a party with like, and getting hamburgers. So I guess they're really hard up for. Well, Dan, you've made it a very good day by joining our show. We thank you so much for being here, Dan thank McCoy. You. All right, Dan and Joe, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Joe, you told us you know a lot about the movie When Harry Met Sally, the first two seasons of the TV show Entourage. Now and- three. I know three. Oh, three. Okay. You told us two. So we're going to, if we get well, to that, I, we'll focus I've had on. some time to watch. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. We've not wow, updated. Wow, you've expanded your expertise since since you told us about your expertise. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Usually we get the topics from our guests before the show, not during the show. So this is <laughs> oh. exciting for all of us. All right. The movie When Harry Met Sally, the first two to three seasons of the TV show Entourage and Bathrooms in New York. Whereas, Dan, you said you know a lot about Sherlock Holmes, the band Talking Heads, and Scrooge McDuck. We have a lot of very interesting game ahead of us, because later on we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, security blanket. First up, Joe. Joe, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? It's from Carla Thomas of Hallowell, Maine. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Thank you, Helen, and thank you, Carla. Joe, in the topic of security blanket, security. They both are ways of blanketing you with peace of mind, but what is the difference between security and safety? Security and safety. Okay, perfect question for me. (laughs) I'll start it off really good. Uh, Security, obviously, that's like um, house alarm. Sure. House alarm, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a house alarm system. Uh Briggs. (laughs) Briggs. And where safety would be um, having hydrogen peroxide. (laughs) That's what you say the difference is between security and safety. Yeah. I, okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah, well, I get it. we've 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 got Joe's answer. We we don't know yet if she is correct. So, uh, Dan, <laughs> if you don't think she's got it exactly right, though, you have a chance to steal. What do you think, Dan? Uh, Joe is very confident. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm not sure entirely. I I would say maybe it is a matter of degree. If you are mm. safe, you are not in danger. If you are secure, you have a bulwark let's say, against danger. You're protected against danger. I see, a bulwark. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was just such a contrast in styles between the two of you. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Well, it's it's one of the reasons I love doing this show. It's because Joe's funnier than I am. That's what... <laughs> 
All right, well, this segment is making me very insecure. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. The main difference is security protects you from intended harm, mm. like how a security system might prevent criminals who intend、Briggs. to harm you, yes, like Briggs, <laughs> from entering your home. Safety protects you from unintended harm,、mm. like how if you have a toddler in the house and you put foam corner protectors on your coffee table, the coffee table does not intend to harm. The toddler, but for safety reasons, you cover the pointy parts. That's right. That also, by the way, is how safe sex was explained to me as a child. Cover the pointy parts. Helen, how'd they do? <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> I hard to say, <laughs> isn't it? It's it's hard, hard to, to say. say. It is hard、yeah. to say. Hard I, to I, say. I, I kind of want to give Joe. Half, half a point、um, oh, because because she said security system. Yeah, because you did say、yeah. security system. Even though、um, I, even though I think she said Briggs and not Brinks, which might be the、uh, yeah. security. Yeah, I said Briggs. Yeah, I said Briggs. <laughs> you、she、did say Briggs. Okay. She definitely, yeah, definitely said Briggs. Jake,、yeah. yeah. she said Briggs, but we all understood Brinks.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We all yeah. got yeah. it. It's one of those.、Right? We all got it. One of those. Yeah. It's, it's the Magurka effect tomato, in action. Briggs, Briggs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Helen, it is up to you.、Uh, what is the scoring that you would like to award for this round? Um. And then I kind of also want to give Dan a half a point because、mm. of his use of the word bulwark.、Mm. Oh, interesting yeah. strategy. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs>、wow. well, Helen, I know that you want to do those things, but what will you do?、Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to give both of you half a point. All right, a half a yeah, point for you. Yeah, because you were、uh, sort、YouTube. of in the zone, but not quite on target. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the score. All right. Up next in security blanket, Dan with blanket. Dan, they both can make you feel secure in bed. But what is the difference between a blanket and a comforter? A blanket and a comforter. So a blanket is just a、uh, a sheet of fabric. I believe a comforter、uh, or a duvet is like sort of a, a puffy filling that is inside sort of a a a, a sheet bag. Let's call it、uh, a, a sheath. A, a, a sheath that you put over、oh, the、um, okay. the puffy parts, you know, so you can take that part off and maybe you know you wash that. Don't worry so much about the inside,、mm-hmm. except for every once in a while, one of those. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, we we went from bulwark to a sheath bag. <laughs>、uh, we don't know yet if Dan is correct. Joe, what do you think? It's kind of like the difference between pie and chocolate、okay. bar. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so comforter is the pie, right? You got three layers, crust. Cherry crust,、mm-hmm. chocolate bar is like the blanket. It's one layer.、Mm-hmm. So the chocolate bar or the blanket is one layer, whereas the comforter is pie. Is pie. All right. <laughs> well, it's time to put this segment to sleep. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A blanket is one layer of fabric. A comforter is a fabric shell with some kind of filling inside. Cotton, polyester, down, whatever. It has multiple layers. That's right. Also, a blanket is usually designed to drape over the sides of a mattress, but a comforter is usually designed to be the same size as the mattress. But that's not always true, and I don't want to make a blanket statement. Helen, how did our guest do in that? I think Dan got、uh, both parts of that correct.、Woo. Yeah, all right. I think Dan's going to get two points because you did say a sheet of fabric versus a sheath bag with a puffy <laughs> with a puffy filling. Well, now what did they call it? They said they they used a word that what was it that they they said a fabric shell. Shell. I think that a sheath with a、yeah. filling. I think a sheath is better than a shell, personally, but. <laughs> 
That's right. Now, now, just to clarify, though, uh, a duvet is more what Dan was describing, where it's something that's removable. A comforter isn't necessarily oh. one that has a removable oh. inner, but it is one that has multiple oh, layers. Sheath. Oh, snap. Oh, sheath. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> now, Helen, is that going to affect your uh, your judgment and scoring? It might, actually, because you're right. You did say a puffy filling mm. and a sheath bag. Oh. Right. It's not necessarily mm. in a bag form. Helen, what is our score? That, you know what? Uh, I'm going to amend my scoring. Oh, my and God. Say, for the first time in the history of Go Fact Yourself. That's right. I'm going to give Dan score. one point, and I'm going to give Joe one point. Wow. wow. Oh, my goodness. What a startling turn of events. So what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Joe Firestone has a point and a half, and Dan McCoy has a point and a half. You could not ask for a closer game, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hi again. Listen to this tweet we got from at D Ketman. He said, membership boosted. You guys have had fire emoji guests lately in these times. Jimmy Pardo, Mr. Roderick, Star Trek's Chekhov and his lovely daughter, Anne Maria Bamford. I could go on. Keep up the great work. And then he sent a screenshot of upgrading his membership to Diamond Friendship Circle. Nice. Yes, it means so very much to us. He also said, one kitty, please. What is that about, Helen? Well, uh, if you do become a new member or upgrade your membership, we at GoFact yourself will give you a customized photo of one of our pets. So my dog, Dodger, or my cat's muffin, or what's the other one? Cookie. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, And we are keeping a running tab. And uh, on our last show, we mentioned that Dodger so far is getting the most requests. Uh, He still is. But if you combine both of my cats, they are winning. So who's (gasps) going to end up on top? It could be Muffin. It could be Cookie. It could be Dodger. Wow. Please join MaxFun, upgrade or boost. Let us know about it. Get your unique photo of one of our pets and we'll post the final tally at the end of the MaxFun drive, which if you're listening to this episode when it drops is very, very soon. Maybe so get if on we, that today. Maybe if we make, like, gangbuster amount of money, we could do a family photo of all three pets together. Oh, my God. That is our new stretch goal. <laughs> we have just decided it right at this moment. Guys, if we get a 1,000 new or upgrading members <gasps> who support Go Fact Yourself, we will do a family pet portrait, socially distanced and safe, but somehow we will get these two cats and this dog together and send out a thank you photo to all of those who upgraded or are new members supporting Go Fact Yourself. That doesn't sound challenging at all, getting a dog and two cats in one photo together. Let's do it. If you want to see the fur fly, please go to (laughs) MaximumFun.org slash join and support Go Fact Yourself. (laughs) And you can do that with as little as $5 a month. That gets you all the bonus content. You'll be able to access that as long as you're a member and there's a whole lot of it already waiting for you right now plus all of that fur in one (laughs) picture so a huge thank you to all of you listening who have gone and done it already and a huge thank you for all of you who are about to do it i know it seems sort of silly that how could my five dollars make a difference it really makes a difference we're a pretty small show so any uptick in membership uh, that supports our show makes a huge huge difference to us you know because of you we've been able to adapt to this remote production we can't thank you enough if you're ready to become a member and help support the show or ready to boost your membership or upgrade again please go to maximumfund.org slash And now, back to the show. show. Welcome back to Go Fact 
to yourself where our score is Joe Firestone with a point and a half and Dan McCoy with a point and a half. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Joe Firestone, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the movie When Harry Met Sally, the first two or three seasons of the TV show Entourage and Bathrooms in New York. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about the movie When Harry Met Sally. I think I've seen it maybe maybe 400 times. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm with you. I think it's kind of the perfect rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's a really good rom-com. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the gold standard of rom-coms. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. I there are some movies that you can watch over and over again and this one's a movie where you could just keep watching it. Mm-hmm. I find. Mm-hmm. You find. Yes. It's like Silence of the Lambs. Like yes! Silence of the Lambs. Yes, very Same. similar movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, Joe, do you have a favorite scene or favorite uh, moment or line from the movie? It's a very quotable movie. Um, I think I I really like when um, I like when uh, when Harry they, meets Sally. Yeah, I love yeah. when Harry meets Sally. <laughs> I really like moment. it when he's in the MoMA when they're in. No, no, they're in the Met. Yeah, and he's and then he's doing the voice. Oh, I really oh, like that. Pepper from my paprikash. Like, yes. Pepper, yeah. Yeah, and oh. then I also really like. I guess I really like the scene with the chip, ch- uh, ch- chicks and ducks and geese better mm-hmm. Oh, I was yes. just thinking about that. That's the funniest scene when she's got the karaoke mic in her hand and he's like, it's Helen. And she's like, Helen? Yeah. And, 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 and. <laughs> it's my voice, isn't it? Yeah. And then that really I really spoke like... to you, Helen Hong, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I really like the scene when the three women are eating uh, their... their eating lunch mm-hmm. together and they go through the roller decks oh, and yes. she says Mary. Yes. <laughs> and then she just folds the card. You think she's going to rip it? And then she just folds it. Uh. Uh, let's just talk about this movie the rest of the I show. I love Baby Fish Mouth. Yeah. Baby oh, Baby Fish, Fish Mouth is great. That's, That's a terrific great also. So many great things. Bruno Kirby, only, one of the only guys in both Entourage and When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, speaking of Entourage, you also said that you know a lot about the first two, maybe three seasons of the TV show Entourage. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, I just started watching it over quarantine, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's been very interesting. It's kind of made us uh, want to have the sweet life so d- dearly. <laughs> How do we you want to have an affinity pool and you know, ah, stay I in see. Jessica Alba's house. Right, yeah. I see. So it's sort of an aspirational kind of a show for you? Yeah, we like to watch it and think about how fabulous their lives are. Mm-hmm. And and what season are you on now? Do you, are you on season three? Like I'm you said? on season four now. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think I think I'm in it for two for two characters. Who are those? I like everybody that uh, works at the agency, mm-hmm. and I really like Turtle. Okay. And a lot of people say, "Why? What? What are you talking about?" I think mm-hmm. Turtle's maybe one of the best characters. <laughs> All right. And then finally, Joe, you said you know a lot about bathrooms in New York. Yeah, I can tell you if you're in a neighborhood where you can go to the bathroom. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, okay, let me, let, me, let me give you, I'll give you, for instance, if I can put you on the spot. Uh, Upper West Side, where's your, where's your go-to bathroom? I think that maybe if I had to go to the bathroom on the Upper West Side, I think what would bring me to the Upper West Side would probably be um, either therapy or mm-hmm. uh, maybe I would be going to the, the, um, the Met. Uh-huh. In the Met, you can use the bathroom at the Met. Mm. Wow. Um, also, I, I got a pretty, you know, I stopped going to this therapist, but I'm sure if I buzzed, you know, he wouldn't know it was me and I could get in there. 
They have a bathroom as well. I wonder if that would work for any therapist. I, that, that's a good. That's that a good is, thing to try. That, oh, I'm trying that. If we ever get back to the before times, I'm, yeah. I'm running. I'm just. I'm gonna have a list of therapists' office everywhere I go and be like, you hi. Know, there, there's a lot of people I know where yeah. that's the only way that we're gonna get them to go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> Bur- Burlington the Coat Factory. Burlington oh, Coat Factory. Yeah, also. I was gonna say yeah. Zaybars. Maybe yeah. Zaybars. Yeah, Symphony Zaybars Space. Nice oh, if you're up in the hundreds. Yeah. That is a classic bathroom yeah all right so joe to summarize you said you know a lot about the movie when harry met sally the first two seasons of the tv show entourage and bathrooms mm-hmm. in new york today mm-hmm. we want to quiz you about the first two seasons of the tv show entourage i can't wait <laughs> i'm so ready i just watched an episode before i got on <laughs> oh excellent i was gonna ask <laughs> yeah. the last time that you watched do you know other female fans of the show no none <laughs> yes, you're none. it you're it uh and are you looking forward to watching the movie as well yeah, I can't wait to watch the movie. Awesome. I'm really excited. Of all the pandemic viewing, what made you pick Entourage as opposed to like the million other things you could be watching? It's a great question. Well, what we did is uh, we, you know, uh, in uh, in a moment of like, what are we going to do tonight? We decided to do a thing called Pilot Fest, where we watched six pilots <gasps> of very different episodes of t- television, like very, like kids television, adult television, wow. animated, whatever. And then we just decided to watch the best show after the pilot and so entourage had a great pilot some of the shows didn't have such a great pilot i'll tell you what are you afraid of the dark had maybe one of the worst pilots i ever seen oh Mm. wow it's about a clown it's about a clown killer it's not clear Mm. who's the scary person in it it's not clear but entourage you know you know who the scary clown is in that one exactly (laughs) exactly very clear cut all right, well, mm-hmm. Joe, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Uh, your head, You have your head in your hands. Are you Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you... I'm nervous, nervous. and okay. excited. Excellent. Well, you can be both. I That's have awesome. A feeling, I have a feeling you're going to crush it, if, especially yeah. if you've just been watching it. That's true. Recency okay. effect. It's really All right, fresh. Now, now, Dan, do listen closely, because if Joe answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Dan, how much do you know about the first two seasons of Entourage? Uh, I definitely watched the first two seasons at least. I'm not sure why, because I don't know that I enjoyed the show, but it's very compelling. And then uh, we did, uh, this is embarrassing, uh, if, uh, say, you know, an actor in Entourage uh, might appear later. I don't know who the expert is, but... um, we did do the, the movie for our podcast at one point as a live oh, no. show. Okay, well, <laughs> this might be a very interesting moment. We'll mm. see what happens. Uh, all right, well, Joe, here is your quiz. It starts yes. with question number one. Entourage is about a guy named Vinny who becomes a movie star and his buddies who join him along the way. It's yeah. loosely based on the story of a real movie star and his buddies who join him along the way. That movie star also happens to be the show's executive producer and makes a cameo as himself in the pilot episode that you mentioned. He does. Who is he? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. It's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Congratulations, Joe. You're on the board. Uh, fun fact, and I hope this is not a spoiler for you, Joe. Uh, Mark Wahlberg also appears as himself in the Entourage movie. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Uh, all right, Joe, that is a point for you. Here's question number two. Season one ended with a famous celebrity agreeing to go on a date with Vinny. What future Oscar nominee, Tony winner, and Avenger closed out the season by appearing as herself in the season one finale? Scarlett Johansson. Helen? 
That is correct. That is correct for the point. Uh, fun fact, you'll probably know this, Joe. Larry David also appears as himself in that episode, does not go on a date with Vinny. All right, you're two for two. Here's question number three. <laughs> season one focuses on Vinny's role in an indie movie called Queens Boulevard, and season two centers on his desire to be in the big-budget movie Aquaman. But none of these opportunities would have been possible without Vinny's breakout performance in a movie co-starring Jessica Alba. What is the name of that fictional movie? Oh, no. I don't know it at all. Well, you do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint. I would like to use the hint. Helen, how about that first hint? Apply directly to the forehead. Apply directly to the forehead. Apply directly to the forehead. Joe? Can I use my second hint? (laughs) You can, but it's not about this question. Oh, okay. Um, Apply directly to the forehead. I think Dan might know because this was something that was around. When I watched The Daily Show, I would hear this every night. I want to say the movie's called Hot Towel. Okay, Helen, is it the hit movie Hot Towel? It is not, I'm No, afraid. I'm terribly sorry, Joe. Dan with a chance to steal. Uh, based on the hint, Head On. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> wow. Head On was a, uh, a product that they ran commercials for constantly on The Daily Show, and the entire copy <laughs> of the commercial, I believe, was Head On, apply directly to the forehead. Head On, apply directly to the forehead. All right, uh, successful still for Dan. Joe, let's see if you can bounce back with question okay, number four. Okay. You do still have one hint available. Okay. In its first two seasons, Entourage won an Emmy for Jeremy Piven and a Producers Guild Award for the series. It also won Best International Television Series at what European award show? Is this before Brexit? <laughs> uh, well, I can't tell you that, but yes. <laughs> yes. I don't think it won after Brexit, which just took place last year. I'll go ahead and say BAFTA. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. The mm. BAFTA TV Awards or the British Television mm. Awards. Very good. Mm. Thank uh, you. Fun fact, Entourage had no women writers in its first two seasons. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Shocking. You wouldn't have guessed that. Shockingly. Yeah. <clears throat> Later in the run, it did add women writers, and then it won a Peabody Award. Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, here's question number five. This one's tricky, but let's see how you do. Mm-hmm. Two of the people in Vinny's entourage are Drama and Turtle, but those are not their real names. Give oh. us the real first and last name of one of those characters. Okay, John Chase. Helen, is it John Chase? It is not John no, Chase. No, I'm terribly sorry. Dan with a chance to steal. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to just shout out a friend's name? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, uh, Kurt Deschermeyer. Helen, is it Kurt Deschermeyer? It is not Kurt Deschermeyer. No, so close. That was for Turtle, right, Dan? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Drama's real name is Johnny Alves, and Turtle is Donnie Carroll. Donnie Carroll. That's a hard question. That was a number five. All right, still, you did pretty well in that round. But now, here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. I'm so excited. Awesome. We're excited for your excitement. We love it. Joe, one of the most beloved characters on Entourage didn't appear until season two, Ari's assistant, Lloyd. You love Lloyd! Oh, good. Well, let's see how well you know him. Because it's safe to say that Lloyd is overqualified to be an agent assistant as he has multiple degrees from prestigious schools for up to three points. What is one of the two degrees that Lloyd has? What is one of the two schools where he received these degrees? And who played Lloyd? He has an MBA from Wharton. And mm-hmm. he was played by, oh my God, I was just looking this up. Um, he's 52 years old. I just looked it up tonight. He's 52 <laughs> years old. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and he uh, he came out to his parents at 22, according uh-huh. to Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> if only that um, had been the question. But the I question know. is, <laughs> what is that person's name? He played Lloyd Lee on the show. I'm completely blanking on nope. his name. Okay, would you like to mention is one it, of Dan's friends? Is his name Ken? That, I can't tell you that yet, but you can tell me okay. your answer and we'll tell you momentarily. I think his name is Ken. You think his name is Ken. All right. Yes. Helen is taking note of all of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is an actor who starred on Suburgatory, Young and Hungry, <gasps> and oh my gosh! who played oh my gosh! Lloyd it's him! on Entourage. It's, oh my gosh! it's Rex Lee. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm Hello, so Rex excited. Lee, are you there? You're my favorite actor of all time. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my name's not Ken, though. We'll we'll get to that. Hello, Rex. Thank you for joining us. Rex, it's so nice to virtually meet you. It's so great to meet you. I was, I was, uh, I sent Helen a a private message while I was listening to all of you, and I just love you so much. Oh, I love you, too. We were fangirling over each other. Oh, that's so great. Yay. (laughs) Jake Keith didn't mention it, but I've. I met him well, a long time ago. Well, let's talk about that ago. because uh, I, I had read, that, of course, that you were an assistant famously before you played an assistant on Entourage, but I did not remember that we had met. And then it all came back to me when, when you said it. Tell, tell everybody how we met. Yes, it's true. Uh, prior to uh, playing an assistant on Entourage, I was an assistant to various commercial casting directors in Los Angeles. And so in the early 2000s, somewhere between 2001 and 2000 three or four, I met J. Keith Van Stratton on many occasions. <gasps> he would come in and audition for my bosses uh, at Funky Ferrets Casting. That's right. <laughs> Funky Ferrets. Went, Funky Ferrets, they were very kind, they, they were very yes. kind to call me in a lot. When you're auditioning <laughs> for commercials, you do, you know, it, it, dozens in a month, and you definitely remembered who would run things professionally, who could explain things very well, and you definitely were, were uh, in, in that category. It was always a pleasure to, to go in and read for you. Um, I was interested in learning that uh, for this role on Entourage, you submitted yourself. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, technically, it could be considered slightly illegal. Oh, I'm so glad uh, I mentioned it. No, <laughs> I've, I've talked about this publicly, okay. so if anyone's going to come after me, they've, they should have done it by now. You know, at the time, I, I'm pretty sure his name is Gary Marsh. There's a guy, and he has um, uh, a monopoly on something called the breakdowns. Mm. And so I was in a fake management group that was, uh, you know, populated with ambitious actors and so we had a fake group and we had like fake names and <gasps> figureheads um and so we would submit ourselves for projects wow my management group was able to capitalize on that moment in history when the theatrical world said okay we're going to allow people to do submissions electronically so again we had to jump through a lot of hoops to make it happen but we were able to submit ourselves electronically in a way that a lot of other fake management groups couldn't. <laughs> so, you, yeah, so. Do you owe yourself a humongous agency fee? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've paid it to myself many times over. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, now in, now in hindsight, it's, it's one of the weird, surreal moments of my life. I, mm. I really can remember seeing this breakdown come out for a character named Lloyd. And by the way, they misspelled the name Lloyd in their own breakdown. <laughs> there was only one L. Um, and I and I read the breakdown and the description of the character, and I, and I thought, how is that guy not me? Mm. Um, oh, that's so great. And so I submitted myself. Was the character, was the character supposed to be Asian in the original breakdown? Well, 
By the time I saw the breakdown, yes, they they were looking for Asians. Having said that, prior to that, they uh, there was a moment when they were looking at black guys. And I think maybe there was a small period where they were looking to cast a female, but mm-hmm. that didn't work out either. So they finally arrived at the idea of an Asian guy, and that uh, worked out well for me. I should say so. Now, uh, on, on the show, you were playing an, an openly gay Asian-American character. Had you seen an openly gay Asian-American character on TV before in, or in that prominent of a role? You know, it's possible. Um you know, it's it's actually funny that Joe thought my name was Ken because I'm often mistaken for Dr. Ken Jong. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I'm also mistaken for Alec Mappa. Um, yeah. And I'm also mistaken for Bobby Lee. Oh, sure. So, <laughs> so am I. So the, yeah. <laughs> but so I, I probably had seen, I probably had seen uh, a gay Asian character before. I'm pretty sure Alec had played one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it struck me as something certainly not uh, in such a prominent role in regular TV. And I, I have to imagine, we've talked about before on this show about what representation means for people watching shows. I imagine you've gotten feedback since the show had been a success about what that meant to other people. Oh, for sure. You know, at the time, I was a struggling actor. I just wanted a job. Mm. It's really all I cared about. But then as time goes by and gay people say, wow, thanks for representing. And Asian people say, thanks for representing. And whatever, effeminate guys Mm -hmm. who aren't gay say, hey, thanks for representing. You know, (laughs) after a while, you start to become aware of the idea that, you know, this job I have means something to other people beyond, you know, the fact that I get to be on TV. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, I'm constantly talking about, you know, how important the representation is, because I remember watching you and you were a scene stealer on that show. I mean, every single (laughs) scene you were on, you were like, you know, even Joe was saying, like, you're her favorite character. You're my favorite character on that show. And you just like ran with every scene that you were in. And I was like, wow, that's like a really fun Asian character to be on a, a TV show that everybody's watching you know everybody was watching it at the time and it really meant a lot to me as a very young young actor thank you i love you (laughs) you and i have never met and i watch you do your comedy on tv and i'm like that helen hong is a funny girl oh thank you well actually when i watch it i call you a funny bitch (laughs) (laughs) I I, Uh, i respond well to that so uh, uh, we talked earlier about how Joe is obviously a female fan of the show and that you know, she doesn't know many other female fans. You know, the, the show sort of has a reputation for, for having kind of a bro fan base and for being maybe a little bit of a celebrating toxic masculinity. Uh, what was it like then to be sort of this, this openly gay Asian-American character where they're making fun of you for being openly gay and Asian-American? Was that a conflict for you? No. Uh, here's why. Uh, the first thing is that, uh, you know, the majority of the um, lines mm-hmm. that other characters directed my way that were sort of denigrating me, most of them were delivered by Jeremy playing Ari. Mm-hmm. And I was just very aware of the writing. And I thought to myself, it's not just me. It's not just that I'm Asian and gay. Mm. He says horrible things about black people, mm. about women, about, you know, differently abled people. He was an equal opportunity offender. And so I just knew as an actor that it was really silly for me to take it too personally and, you know, just, you know, get up in arms about it. So I just didn't. Interesting. And, and now we know from yeah. the stories coming out in Hollywood that it's all kind of true, based on true scenarios. It was a documentary. <laughs> yeah. 
of like people like big wigs in the in the in Hollywood just behaving like trash. Can I ask you one question? Of course. Yeah. I just watched the episode where you have a breakup with the guy Tom. With your character yeah. has a breakup. It looks like you're crying real tears. Are you? I think I was. I'm wow. I, I'm not I'm not good at crying on cue, but I did everything I could to get it as real as possible. I was I was like listening to music in between takes, <laughs> like just every kind of song that, you know, reminds me of how I've never been, you know, in a relationship and yet I fall in love with people who reject me and and uh, you know, just whatever. Man. I just, I gotta say, I really do think I keep watching the show because of you. Your performance is so incredible. It, I think it's up there with the top five performances of all time. I really appreciate what you're saying. I have not watched an episode of Entourage in a very long time, <laughs> but every now and then, when I like see a scene on YouTube or something, and I look at myself and how young I look. And sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, wow, that's really good acting. I don't know if I can do that anymore. <laughs> well, Joe recommends it. Joe recommends uh, the show. Uh, but let's get to the reason you yeah. brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Joe. We wanted to know regarding that character, Lloyd, what is one of the two degrees that Lloyd has? Helen, remind everyone, what did Joe answer? Joe said MBA. And uh, Rex Lee? I say that that is a correct answer. Congratulations, MBA, that's a yes. point for Joe. That's right, uh, your character had an MBA uh, and also an art history degree. That was the other answer that we would have accepted. That is true. Uh, all right, next we asked Joe, what was one of the two schools where Lloyd had received these degrees? Helen, what did Joe answer? Joe said Wharton. And uh, Rex Lee? Fortunately is incorrect. No, what are the correct oh answers? <laughs> uh, Lloyd got his art history degree at Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> Which I think is where J.K. French It is, and that is the only reason college. that I knew that question without having to look it up. <laughs> Although I will, I will uh, be a stickler though for details. We do not have art history degrees at Sarah Lawrence. You only have liberal oh, arts yeah. degrees because a liberal arts degree is the only thing less useful in life than an art history degree. <laughs> uh, so Sarah Lawrence was one of them, and then what was the other one? Yes, Lloyd got his business degree at Stanford. Wow. Right. Not right, bad. Right. Lloyd right. has very proud parents. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. And then finally wanted to know, what is the name of the actor who played Lloyd? Helen, what did Joe say? <laughs> Joe said Ken. Just said Ken. Someone named Ken. And, uh, I did it yes, wrong. The actor, the actor that played Lloyd is named Rex Lee. Oh, yes. I hear he's very, very good. <laughs> I am so sorry about that. I really dropped the ball there. I, it's all I good. hope you know that I deeply respect you and your craft. <laughs> and I just forgot your name. Thank you. I had zero input into what question they were going to ask you, but I was really pleased when they told me what your three-part question was going to be, because I actually have, you know, whatever, an emotional uh, connection to this question and answer. While they were casting the role of Lloyd, the concept of the character was a much younger person. The role was written for like a 22-year-old, and on a good day, I could only pass for... 25 or 26 or 27. <laughs> so during the casting process, they knew that they liked me and they knew that they liked my performance, but they couldn't quite bring themselves to let go of their idea that Lloyd was a younger person. So prior to those two separate episodes where Lloyd's two degrees are mentioned, I was actually worried that they might change their minds and go back to their original concept of a younger Lloyd. 
But mm. once there were these mentions of the degrees and proof that Lloyd was over 22 years old, I was like, yes, I, I have job security. They're not going to fire me. <laughs> yes. So when I read those lines in those scripts, I was so thrilled. I mean, they were, they were telling me things like shave twice on the day of your callback. Do everything you can to mm. look younger. And I was like, I'm Asian. I have no facial hair. There's nothing I can do to shave closer. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Uh, Rex, we appreciate you joining us. If people want to find out more about you or what you're up to, uh, where can they go? Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Rexley underscore. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. W-R-E-C-K-S-L-E-E. I did a movie for Netflix, and it's just now has started airing, and it's called Feel the Beat. Excellent. Well, we're so happy that we got to feel the heat. That's not a segue. From Rex Lee. Thank you so much for being here, Rex Lee. <laughs> wow. Thanks. All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Joe Firestone has five and a half points, and Dan McCoy has two and a half points, with a round of questions coming up for Dan. That's right. We're going to talk with Dan about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Joe and Dan will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, you've reached Dr. Game Show. Leave your message after the beep. Hello, this is Steve from Albany talking about my favorite podcast, Dr. Game Show. Dr. Game Show is a show where listeners submit their crazy ideas for game shows and the two hosts have to play them and they often bring in celebrities and small children to share in the pain and hilarity. At first it might seem like Joe Firestone has a contentious relationship with listeners, but that is only mostly true. She actually really respects us. It's a lot like Lethal Weapon where Joe is like, oh listeners, you're all loose cannons. You're out of control. And we're like, no Firestone, you're too by the book. You forgot what it's like out there. And that's why I love the show. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Joe Firestone with five and a half points and Dan McCoy with two and a half points. Once again, here is Jakey Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Dan, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Sherlock Holmes, the band Talking Heads, and Scrooge McDuck. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, no, I watched uh, um, PBS Mystery uh, with my parents um, growing up, and additionally, there was a, a book of Sherlock Holmes stories in my home on the big like bookshelf of fancy literary uh, book a month books that my parents got, and so between those Ooh. two things, I had an early fascination with. Sherlock Holmes, uh, stoked, I'm sure, by like the power fantasy of uh, being super smart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, you, you were telling me before the show that you actually know much more about the original uh, Conan Doyle stories than any of the sort of uh, later incarnations. Do you not like the more recent interpretations that no, we've seen I, in the no, pop I, culture? No, I do. Uh, I like, um, I mean, my favorite one were the ones that I grew up with, the Jeremy Brett uh uh, Sherlock Holmes that uh, was done by Granada Television, but uh, I also like the Benedict Cumberbatch version. I mean, it, like it goes so crazy mm-hmm. that it's hardly a Sherlock Holmes thing anymore, but it's still super entertaining. Great. So. What about the Iron Man version? <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay. I, I think the biggest problem with that is not that it gets silly, but more that like 
Robert Downey Jr. just cannot do a convincing accent, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> he can just do Downey Jr., and that's fine. You know who makes a weird um, Sherlock Holmes cameos all the time, uh, or, or what? Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I guess, Often yeah. Had, like, D- Data, yeah, right? Data would... was obsessed with Sherlock Holmes. And Helen were, always yeah. finds a way to bring TNG into the show. And, it always comes and back. And don't think we don't appreciate it. All right, Dan, you also said you know a lot about the band Talking Heads. I remember very distinctly when I was a kid, a night where my brothers were sitting around recounting old Tales from the Crypt story, like mm-hmm. plot lines to one another, while listening to Talking Heads, uh, uh, Psycho Killer, I remember, was part of the rotation, but also as a kid, like the movie, the music creeped oh, me really? out. <gasps> um, and then, you know, as an adult, I think that there's often a process of the things that creep you out as a kid fascinate you when mm-hmm. you get older. And I really got into the music. I think that, that it's a way that um, a nerdy white guy that I, like I am can uh, dance Funny. around. You know, lovely. Uh, all right, and then finally, Dan, you said you know a lot about Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I you know I liked comics a lot when I was a kid, but my brothers were uh, ten and thirteen years older than me. So by the yeah what? yeah I was the youngest by far. So by the time I was around, they had gotten like weirdly snobby about superhero comics, which like I've never heard people getting snobby about comic books. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a way for nerds to feel power, uh, to be snobby about that stuff. But, um, yeah, so I didn't like superheroes as much as other stuff. And mm-hmm. I was given uh, a subscription to the comic of my choice uh, by my brother. And baffling everyone, I went for the Gladstone comics. They had started reprinting old uh, duck comics. And um, they were fantastic. I love them so much. What do you think appealed to you about the Scrooge McDuck character? Uh, avarice, pure avarice. <laughs> it's aspirational, like on Yeah, I, like yeah. I, I love this so much that um, Fantagraphics Books, the the comics publisher that uh, mostly does. I mean, it used to do like alternative comics. Now it's mostly uh, moved into reprinting a lot of stuff, but they are doing you know reprints of all these old. Uh, duck comics and i had to stop buying them just because i don't want that to be the only thing on my shelf and also (laughs) i'm in a relationship now but before that i feel like if dates came back to the apartment it's very strange for a woman to see a grown man have like 15 duck hardbound (laughs) donald duck books on his shelf yeah as a woman who's gone to to men's apartments i I will say yes Mm -hmm. that is weird (laughs) excellent all right dan so to summarize of your many interests you told us you know a lot about sherlock holmes the band talking heads and scrooge mcduck today we're going to quiz you about talking heads Mm. all right uh now have you seen them in concert dan well, they were they were broken up by the time I would have been. Ah, of course. And uh, famously, uh, uh, David Byrne does not want to get back together, and uh, he was not very nice to the rest of the band. So I see. Okay. So, uh, do you have a favorite album uh, or song of Talking Heads? Uh, I believe I would say "Speaking in Tongues," which um, a lot of people like the sort of. Uh, nervier, punkier stuff from the beginning. I mm-hmm. like that one. It's when uh, they started getting into more. I don't know. They brought in like world music sounds, and it's uh, just like 
hit after hit. You got burning down the house in there. You got this must be the place. Um, it's great. Awesome. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic of Talking Heads with our three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Joe, do listen closely because you can steal if Dan gets any of these wrong. Joe, by the way, how much do you know about Talking Heads? Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> All right, Dan, it sounds like uh, <laughs> this is your game to nominate. We'll see how you do. Here is question number one for Dan McCoy. While Talking Heads is a beloved and critically acclaimed band, they have never won a Grammy Award for their music and never had a Billboard number one hit. In fact, their only Grammy nomination for music was also their only top 10 hit, a 1983 song with the first line, Watch out, you might get what you're after. What song is it? Burning Down the House. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. You just mentioned it a moment ago. Uh, fun fact, their Grammy nomination was for Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal, which has to be the driest way to describe rock and roll music. They lost the award to the police for synchronicity. All right. Yes, Helen. Can I please give the hint? Oh, I'm sorry. You did not need the hint, Dan, but if you had needed oh, the hint, great. Helen, what would it have been? I'm an ordinary guy. That's I don't know if that good. would have helped, but uh, Dan, you didn't good. need it. So uh, yeah, no, that's very, very good, Thank Helen you. Hong. Thank you. Thank you for rehearsing that. All right, <laughs> question number two, Dan. What Oscar-winning director directed a documentary about Talking Heads called "Stop Making Sense"? Uh, Jonathan Demme. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, of course, for another point. Uh, Jonathan Demme won the Oscar for Silence of the Lambs, which I believe we mentioned earlier yeah. as another very rewatchable movie. <laughs> they, they, they say it's the When Harry Met Sally uh, of serial killer films. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan, you're two for two. Here's question number three. Talking Heads released a live album of Stop Making Sense, and they also released another live album called The Name of This Band is Talking Heads. Three songs are on the original issues of both albums. Name two of them. Uh, ooh. Psycho Killer. I'm going to say thank you for sending me an angel. and Just two, but you're welcome to try okay, for three. Okay, well then. Let's go with those two. Psycho Killer and thank you for sending me an angel. Helen? That is not correct. Uh, no, I'm terribly sorry. Joe with a chance to steal. Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, this is my mouth and uh Fire Island. <laughs> Helen, is it this is your mouth and Fire Island? No, it is mm. not. <laughs> no, but uh, that sounds like a like a wonderful couple of tracks on a, on a record. Uh, Dan, you were correct with Psycho Killer. Uh, the others were Life During Wartime yeah, and Take course. Me to the River. Take Me to the River. Those were the other two. Helen, would you like to give him a half a point for Psycho Killer? It's up to you. I would, actually. All right. A half a point for Dan. Thank Very you. good. All right, Dan, here's question number four. You still have two hints available. Many people first came to know Talking Heads because of their iconic music videos. In 1988, the band released a videotape compilation of some of their videos, which earned another Grammy nomination. What was the name of this video compilation? Oh, jeez Louise. Helen, uh, is it jeez Louise? Uh, oh, no. no, I'm sorry. That is not his answer. <laughs> Would you like uh, to use one of your hints? Yes, please. Helen, how about that first hint? If you're a jolly green tall fellow who reads fairy tales to his kids, this could describe you. A jolly green tall fellow who reads fairy tales to his kids. Mm -hmm. A grim giant. Helen, is it grim giant? It is not grim giant. No, I'm terribly sorry. Joe with a chance to steal. Yeah. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the, uh, the Grinch who stole spinach. Helen, is it the Grinch who stole spinach? No, although I would love mm. that, but it's yes. Not. Oh, disappointing all those kids at Christmas who want their spinach. Uh, no, Dan, you were on the right track. It is storytelling giant. Mm. Storytelling giant was the name of that video compilation. I'm sorry, no point there to either of you. Let's see if you can bounce back with question number five. Dan, even though the band never won a Grammy, the art director from their Speaking in Tongues album did. This person also happens to be one of the most celebrated artists of the 20th century. Who is it? Oh, I just read about this because I believe that the original art by this artist was not used and David Byrne did something himself instead and the originals are worth a lot. Do I have another hint? Is that You do have another I'll, hint available. I'll take Would that. you like to use your second hint? Helen, that. how about that second hint? He was best known for his combination painting slash sculptures that he called combines, and his first and last initials are the same. It should narrow it down. I mean, how many initials are there? Yeah. No, I could. Uh, let yeah. me just run through all of the initials. <laughs> okay, and, great. Um, we'll just do it that way. Process of elimination. Mm-hmm. This isn't right, but I'm just going to say de Kooning. De Kooning. <laughs> Helen, is it de Kooning? It is not de Kooning. No, I'm terribly sorry. Joe, with yet another chance to steal. Mm, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Rex Lee. <laughs> now you say Rex Lee. Helen, is it, is it the multi-talented Rex Lee? No, it is not Rex Lee. No, mm. he can do a lot, but I'm sorry. He was not one of the great uh, painters and sculptors of the 20th century. We're looking for Robert Rauschenberg. Ah. Robert Rauschenberg is that famous artist. R.R. Uh, R.R. Those, uh, those were the initials. George Robert Rauschenberg Martin. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, you referenced uh, David Byrne's artwork versus Robert Rauschenberg's. Robert Rauschenberg's art was featured on the limited edition 50,000 copy run mm. uh, of the album, and David Byrne's was on the one that was uh, more mass-produced. Uh, fun fact, because of the complicated design, the Rauschenberg version of the album was manufactured by an Oscar Mayer hot dog packaging company. Of course. I mean, of course. what else? <laughs> My baloney has a first name. It's Rauschenberg. Dan, you struggled a little bit in that round, but you have a chance to come back for three big points in this next part because here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Dan, in 2002, Talking Heads was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All four members of the band performed and gave a speech during the ceremony. For up to three points, what lead singer of a band inducted 10 years later introduced Talking Heads in their Rock Hall induction ceremony? What legendary rock club did Talking Heads acknowledge by bringing the owner on stage to thank? And which member of the band gave the shortest speech, just two sentences, which included thanking the Rock Hall for giving the band a happy ending? Hmm. Well, CBGB would be the club, right? Uh, okay, CBGB is your answer for part two. Yeah. Um, who introduced the who introduced, uh, who introduced the band? Um, I'm gonna say James Murphy. James Murphy. All right. And uh, and then finally, which member of the band gave the shortest speech? Just two sentences. Let's see. David Byrne seems like the least talkative one but he also doesn't seem like he would say giving the band a happy ending okay so you don't think it's burn who else would there be then 
I'm going to say Chris France. Chris France. Uh, all right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a musician, songwriter, and producer from the band Tom Tom Club and who was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Talking Heads. It's Chris France. Awesome. Hello, Chris France, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I have your book here somewhere. I was going to hold it up to the camera, but I, 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 it must be in the other room. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you for mentioning that. You gave us a great segue because uh, Chris does have a brand new book out called Remain in Love, Talking Heads, Tom Top, Club Tina. Uh, let's talk about that, and then later on we'll talk a little bit more about Talking Heads. Uh, why did you want to write a book, and why uh, release it now? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of an elder statesman now, so I, I, can, I can sit back and write books. Uh, and um, no, I felt I felt like there had been a number of books written about Talking Heads, but I have a unique perspective because uh, I'm not just a founding member of the band, uh, and I'm also uh, very fortunate to be married to Tina Weymouth, the bass player. Yes, and that is uh, that is Tina in the uh, in the book yeah. title. And I, and I understand that you actually relied a bit on uh, Tina's record keeping in order to compile the book. Well, yes. I, I mean, P, I have a, fortunately a very good memory, even though I, mm-hmm. I am of a certain age now. I still have. <laughs> and a rock and roll I still player. got it. But, but, um, but Tina, I, I never kept journals. I, I should have kept a journal, and I, 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 I'm still kicking myself that I didn't keep journals. Mm. So, so Tina would write in these date books. The name of the venue, how many tickets were sold, whether we thought it was a good, whether she thought it was a good gig, gig or not, <laughs> and wow. and uh, whether we liked the promoter and how many encores we got. And so wow. that helped jog my memory. And uh, I hope she doesn't keep as fastidious notes on your marriage. Like today was a bad day. We got into a fight. How many encores we got? <laughs> you know, we've had very surprisingly few fights, thank God. Mm. I mean, it's wow. not like they never, ever happen, but they're pretty rare. Mm. I see in the room that you're recording, you have all this uh, musical equipment behind you. You have a drum set. You have got a few guitars. Do you guys still jam? We do. Uh, this is where we. This is part of our recording studio. This is the. Oh This wow. is like the mm. the what they call the studio, and over across <laughs> the way is the control room, and we, we rehearse here, and uh, we haven't Great. we haven't done any live shows for a, for a while, uh, for. Well, no one has. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has. And we had some, we actually had some secret gigs planned for uh, this past April, but the, but the, oh, uh, those never happened. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, in a couple of, a couple of Aprils down the road. <laughs> yeah, we should hope so. And speaking of uh, what's behind you, am I spotting a Rauschenberg yes, on yes, the wall? Yes, yes, that's a, that's a print of the uh, wow. Robert Rauschenberg's design that, that wow. is signed by the artist. Wow. And, um, he was a great guy. Besides being a great artist, he was a really wonderful uh, man and uh, very kind to us. And we love him. 
<laughs> Helen mentioned in your introduction that, of course, you're also known from your little side project called Tom Tom Club, yeah. which also generated these incredible hits that you and Tina put together. Uh, is, is Tom Tom Club still active as a band? Uh, well, it was with Tom Tom Club that we were going to do the the shows in April. Oh, uh, I see. Tom Tom Club is is, shall we say, uh, standing by, ready to ready okay. to sp- ready to spring into action. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Talking Heads for a while. Um, when uh, Dan was talking about uh, the, about the band and about. Uh, you know, the, the different people in it. He mentioned, of course, that uh, I, I believe he said Bert, uh, David Byrne was maybe not nice to some of the other band members. We don't want to dwell on it, but it is something that you talk about uh, in the book that, that David had, a, had an issue with not just sort of not giving credit to people, but taking away credit. What, what, what do you think was behind that? Um, I'm really not sure. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't explain it because every time, even though it was a repeated pattern, every, mm-hmm. every time it caught us off guard. You know, uh, mm. we, it was like, what? <laughs> and just to clarify, uh, th- these are well-known songs that you yeah. obviously all wrote collaboratively. Some of them started with Tina's bass yes, uh, line yes. that then generated the, the song. And he would, he would just it, not, he would just take your name. And it off. wasn't just the songwriting. It was every, every yeah. aspect of the band. And, and mm. rock and roll is, is a very difficult path. One way or the other, you're going to have problems. And, uh, Chances are you're going to have multiple problems. Um, any, I think that's this is true for any type of artist, uh, right? Um, am I right? Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> there there are no guarantees. And so if you have something good going, you 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 have to uh, sort of like how uh, man up or woman up and just deal mm. with it. And that's what we that's right. what we did. And and as a result we have great, great records that all of us can be very proud of and that I, I still hear in the stop and shop today. <laughs> that's very fun. Uh, you said in an interview that you're you think that your your best song of Talking Heads is Psycho Killer. Uh well I we have many great ones, but uh, w- w- Yes. If I had to choose one, I would say that. Mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah. that's that's the one that just nailed it. You know, mm. <laughs> is it because of fa 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 fa? Is it that part? Because I like that part. <laughs> I, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> It's, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear the, thing, the people who helped write fa 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 like that. <laughs> well, that when when David came to us, we Tina and I were sharing a painting studio at Rhode Island School of Design. It was our senior year. David and I had a band together called the Artistics. David came to our studio with with uh, sort of a sketch of Psycho Killer. He had the the first verse more or less, and he had. Uh, the chorus, more or less. He asked Tina to write the bridge of the song in French to signify some kind of psychotic uh, disassociation or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, we collaborated together on this song, and, and when I heard it, I said, damn, this is good. I like this. This is, <laughs> I, this is like a mashup of the Velvet Underground and Otis Redding. Right away, the first from the first time we played that song, it was always the one that connected with people in the audience, mm. and it still connects with people. So that's why I say it's our best song. I love that. Absolutely. I love I love when you're like when you just know artistically that you've hit on something because yeah. I've written you know thousands of jokes and half of them I'm like oh god. <laughs> 
But then there are the jokes where I'm like, that is a damn good joke. And I wrote that and I am proud of myself. Yeah. And then you hear it in the stop and shop. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, I want to ask you this because we we talk about how artistic and sort of experimental the, the, the music was. You know, even now it seems so innovative. And then you think about the time period it came from. Did it feel that you were doing something particularly artsy or experimental at the time? Or was it just this is how we want us to sound? It felt like we we were doing something artsy, uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe not always experimental, but definitely artsy, mm-hmm. and and sometimes yes, very experimental. And uh, I mean, it, to us, uh, being in Lower Manhattan, uh, experimental was like Philip Glass or uh, oh, right. Steve Reich or somebody like that. And we we were uh, we we saw ourselves more as um, well part of a new vanguard. Uh, uh, mm. that was coming out of lower Manhattan, but especially CBGB's. And it right. included the Ramones and, and Patti Smith and Television and Blondie and uh, a number number right. of other bands. Wow. What's so crazy is so many people think or feel at the time, hey, we're part of a big movement, but then it turns out you were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could sort of see it happening. I mean, we, I... Yeah. In the beginning, it was something you hoped would happen, and you were sort of, Mm. uh, what do they call that? The law of attraction, where you try to visualize success. I always knew that I was, all of us were very fortunate, but it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because we were clearly in the right place at the right time, but but also we, we sort of rose to the occasion, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have the op- it's one thing to have the opportunity and then it's another to be able to deliver once you have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I could talk to you about this all night, but we do have to get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Dan. First, we wanted to know what lead singer of a band that was inducted 10 years later introduced Talking Heads in their Rock Hall induction ceremony. Helen, what did Dan say? Dan said James Murphy. Which I believe is of LCD Sound System. Yes, I just tried okay. to think that, of a band that sort well, of uh, was that, influenced by Talking Heads. That was a uh, that was a very logical kind of uh, conclusion you came to there, but but no, uh, was he correct? No, though? it was Anthony Kiedis no. from the Red oh. Hot Chili Peppers, who. Um, I must say, did a wonderful job. His his acceptance speech was. I mean, we knew Anthony a little bit. We had seen him at Club Lingerie, uh, you know, in <laughs> in Hollywood, and we liked the Chili Peppers and everything. But we we had been hoping for someone like Lou Reed or 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 even mm-hmm. like members of Kraftwerk or something something <laughs> like that. But we. Well, maybe next time you get inducted in the Rock Hall. <laughs> but, Anthony, Anthony did a great job. Great yeah. job. All right. Uh, no point there for Dan, though. But the next question was, what legendary rock club did Talking Heads acknowledge by bringing the owner on stage to thank? Helen, what did Dan McCoy say? Dan said CBGB. And uh, Chris? Yes, absolutely. It was, by the way, it was Tina's idea to for Hilly to come up on stage with us. And I... I'm so glad she thought of it because it was perfect. It was a really, really lovely moment. So that is one point for Dan. And then finally, we asked Dan, what member of the band gave the shortest speech just two sentences, which included thanking the Rock Hall for giving the band a happy ending? Helen, what did Dan McCoy say? Dan said Chris France. And Chris France? You're absolutely right. (laughs) All right. I said that and, uh, and I stand by that. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. And what was it like to, to be back together and performing those three incredible songs that you performed that night? Um, I loved it. It was really good fun. And and uh, after the rehearsals, I 
turned to my friends, Tina, David, Jerry, and I said, you know, we should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, that, hopefully there'll be another, uh, another opportunity to do that. Uh, before we let you go, Dan, is there anything you'd like to ask or uh, say to Chris Rance while we have him here? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, other than I have your signature in my home, a fan of my podcast sent uh, Talking Head 77, an LP, with you and huh. Tina and David's signature. I, I guess whoever had it originally did not get Jerry's, but... Uh. Uh, <laughs> Jerry's very elusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to know that uh, Dan's reputation for being a Talking Heads fan precedes uh, this show, certainly. No, that's that's uh, very good, yeah. Uh, Chris, I know you've got this book out. Uh, people want to find the book and find out more about you. Uh, where can they go? Well, uh in the United States, uh, I guess the the easiest way is Amazon. But I always, mm-hmm. I always recommend your local bookstore because yes. <laughs> you know we love the bookstores, and absolutely, uh, uh, you know they have it at Barnes and Noble. For your listeners in the UK and Europe, uh, Rough Trade has it, and also a store called Waterstones, and they have signed copies even. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, again, the book is called Remain in Love. The author is Chris Franz, our first member from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to join us on Go Fact Yourself. We appreciate it. It was an honor and a treat. Thank you so much, Chris Franz. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great great pleasure. Oh, the pleasure is ours. All right, Helen, what is our score as we go into the final round? At the end of that round, Joe Firestone has five and a half points and Dan McCoy has seven points. All right. Now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Joe and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Joe, there is a rock band named Kiss. True. Correct. Dan, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are in the rock band Kiss. True. Correct. Joe, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley were owners of a professional basketball team. True. Incorrect. Mm. Dan, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley were owners of a professional football team. True. Correct. That's right. It was in the Arena Football League. Joe, their team was called the Detroit Rock City. False. Correct. Oh, but what a missed opportunity. Uh, Dan, their team was actually called the Detroit Kiss. True. Incorrect. Joe, their team was called the Los Angeles Kiss. False. Incorrect. No, it really was. Dan, (laughs) the Los Angeles Kiss played their home games in Los Angeles. Uh, false. Correct. Joe, the Los Angeles Kiss played their home games in San Diego. True. Incorrect. Dan, the Los Angeles Kiss played their home games in Anaheim. True. Correct. Joe, the team was officially known as the Los Angeles Kiss of Anaheim. True. Incorrect. And finally, Dan, because no professional sports team would ever have such a stupid name. What? (laughs) Thank you so much, Dan and Joe. We're not going to count those last two. Uh, I say that as a fan of a team that is officially called the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, although I will never call them that. Uh, Let's thank Dan and Joe as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the final score on tonight's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Joe Firestone has seven and a half points and Dan McCoy has 11 points. Congratulations, Dan McCoy. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. What will you do with your championship? I mean, I think I'll just carry a lot of guilt with me because I think that last round was just playing the odds. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that just leaves us the opportunity for everyone on the show to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Joe Firestone, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? I have nothing going on, and I would prefer if nobody finds me. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Dan McCoy, what about you? Uh, So on the evening of the 13th at 8.30 p.m. um, uh, Eastern Time, uh, the Flophouse will be watching with Griffin Newman of Blank Check Podcast, Triple X, the return of Xander Cage, and providing some commentary on it. It seems like I should know more about it than that, like where you could go to see it, but I don't right now. So maybe just go to uh, our Twitter every once in a while, uh, the Flophouse Pod on Twitter and see and also on saturday august 15th at 9 p.m eastern because we did a charity show and uh reached our charity goals um we promised to do a reading of the screenplay of the boy next door starring j-lo um (laughs) and that will be on our um youtube page which you can just find by googling youtube the flop house it's easy it's easy. Well, it was easy and it was fun to have you. I'm a fan of your show and it was wonderful to uh, be able to meet you and have you on our show, Mr. Dan McCoy. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is the lovely, the talented Ms. Helen Hong. Hi, you can follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong, because as you guys know, the other Helen Hong is not funny. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, we know the religious biblical Helen Hong is certainly not here, but we do have the funny, the Helen the Hong, Miss Helen Hong. Uh, and me. Uh, well, I'm going to plug Joe Firestone shows. I think you should listen to Dr. Game Show on the Maximum Fun Network. I also think you should listen to the Flophouse on the Maximum Fun Network. It is, of course, Max Fun Drive time. If you would like to support these shows or any show uh, on the Maximum Fun Network during the Max Fun Drive, just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's MaximumFun.org slash join. I'm sure Joe and Dan and Helen and I certainly appreciate that. So please, again, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. That just leaves me to thank Joe Firestone, Dan McCoy, Rex Lee, Chris France. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.Com and buy our T-shaped shirt at MaxFunStore.Com. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Someday. <laughs> it's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like NMZIA did. He, she, or they said, really fun. Celebrities getting excited about the experts is my favorite part. Thank you, Maximum Fun. Yes, thank you, Maximum Fun and Max Fun Drive. And thank you, NMZIA. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and Jakey Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and all-around hero is Julian Burrell. Yay! Special thanks to Don Chesbro from Saturday Morning Live on WWSP 90FM, Katie Bassel at St. Martin's Publishing Group, Jillian Roscoe at ID Public Relations, Ray Hamill, McAllen Howe, Dave Hill, Elliot Kalin, Christina Wong, Sarah Rodenbaugh, Brandon J. Carr, Clint Tauscher, Mike Avellanos, Adam Needif, Dave Bianchi, Erich Tran, and Christine Vallada. I've been Helen Hong. 
Let's go listen to Talking Heads and Watch Entourage. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Jay Keith again. Did you catch our mistake? Yeah, in question five to Joe Firestone about Entourage season one and two, we asked for the real names of Drama and Turtle. And uh, in our research, we accidentally gave the names of the real people that those characters were based on. Uh, Joe actually got the question correct when she said Johnny Chase, because that is the character's name who is called Drama. And uh, Turtle's name uh, is Salvatore something or other. Anyhow, it would not have affected the outcome of the game, but we did want to, uh, of course, strive for accuracy. And we want to thank our expert, Rex Lee, who was the one who pointed it out after the show. He's a real expert on the topic. All right. T H A N K Y O U. What does it spell? Thank, thank you. Thank you to everyone who listens to the show. We thank you so much for being a part of our community. If you've taken that extra step to join as a MaxFun member, thank you so much. You literally are making this show possible. This show would not exist, bar none, without your support. Please yes. know that we really are grateful for your support. And if you have joined during the membership drive, make sure to get your customized, personalized photo of one of our pets, Dodger, Cookie, or Muffin. That's right. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to join, do it now. You can do it at Maximum Fun dot org slash join last thing i'll mention is we know it's a weird time we know that not everybody's able to support the show in this way we totally appreciate that if you are able to do it don't do it just for you do it for the people who want to but can't right now uh, another way to do that is by giving a gift membership that is now available as a new thing in this year's max fun drive you can buy a membership on behalf of somebody else who would like to enjoy the benefits of being a member and also still support our show again all of that information is at maximumfun.org org slash join. Thank you. Thank you again. And one more time, MaximumFun.org slash join. We'll see you next time on Go Fact Yourself. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.